had a rude awakening in this life, which was getting sober, and that was just grace. It was a regular day at the office. I just wanted to get, I wanted to stay loaded until I could get high, you know what I mean? The difference, drinking and all like that was to keep me loaded until I could get high on some drugs. And yet, something happened. My mind, this really felt like a portal, you know, there's no place, but it felt like a download from some other place uh, broke into this stream of thinking called selfing and put it, put a halt on it for a couple of minutes. And I was in total shock. I, I didn't even believe it could happen. And yet it happened, you know. I wasn't even looking. It was a regular day at the office. I didn't want it to get better. I just wanted to drink until I could get some, shoot some coke. I had pretty much given up all hope of it getting better. I was just going to try to stay loaded until I parked in front of the door of jails, institutions, and death again, because I've been parking there quite a lot. Reserve parking, my name was there. Pull in, you know. And yet, something interrupted that whole momentum of a life. And it was, I had a pretty strong momentum going down, you know, for years, getting loaded and just fucking living on bottoms and like a parasitical life. Prostituted, you know, myself and my, a lot of things just to get high. This happened, and then for about three minutes or so, it just, this information downloaded it. I couldn't make any sense of it, but it motive moved me to not to have the next hit of the Royal Gate Bacta bottle when he offered it to me. When I was with a guy I didn't know, I just ended up there after I went out on St. Patrick's Day. Four days later, I ended up in a trailer park two hours north of here. Lost the car. <laughs> just a lot of shit had happened. I drunk myself silly because I was drunk all day and night. When I woke up, I was drunk and dumb too, really dumb. And then uh, this information came in and I was moved to go leave the trailer, go to a phone booth, call up a program I had been in, then they wouldn't have me back, call up another lady. And at that point, this, this download uh, set off trains of circumstances that brought me great fortune now for 25 years. This is mind-boggling. Brought me to the first recovery meeting the next day, and I've been sober and clean ever since, over 25 and a half years. So, if you're a doubting Thomas, or whatever kind of attitude you may have, this energy, whatever you want to call it, demonstrated in my own life, in the life that I thought was mine and I had been living, demonstrated that it was the power greater than all other powers because it stopped the greatest influence in my life, which was addiction and, and alcoholism. Just stopped it in its tracks. And I've been in the process of manifesting what you would call the recovery from that for 25 and a half years. That's what it does. Yeah, it's got time here, and this is a place of manifestation. So, just like it took me time to manifest the effects of being an addict, it's, it's enjoying the time manifesting the effects of being recovered from that addiction. Yeah, it's incredible. That made a big impression on me when that download occurred, and I saw what happened the next year. You know, a huge, a huge. It, what happened was I had a gift I didn't know I had. And that gift was I have the ability to be convinced. And I was finally thoroughly convinced 
of how screwed I was because I was unscrewed now. While you're totally screwed, you're never going to really know the depths of the screwedness you're in. It just wouldn't work for your mind. It's going to try to deny it to the last breath. But when you start, when it fell upon a real solution and it realized, I'm in good hands now, I could actually feel how screwed I was because I was in the process of manifesting unscrewedness. And that's what's been happening, yeah. Now, that ability to be convinced, that's why when I meet people in recovery, I say, if I was new, that's what I'd be praying for. Please have, please re- allow me to access the ability to be convinced so you can just get on with life. So you don't keep thinking things could be different when they're not going to be different. You know what I mean? <laughs> that things are going to, it's going to work out when it's not going to work out. It's just, it's such a joy to have a sober assessment and then just start seeing things as they seem to be clearer than the way you used to see it as you thought they were, you know. And so that led to a lot of possibilities that when I'm doing drugs, I'm not going to be reading Buddhism when I'm shooting drugs, you know. I'm not going to go on a 10-day retreat, you know, unless they have a lot of locked bathrooms in there so I can shoot drugs. I'm not going to be motivated. So recovery brought about the possibility that I could entertain other ideas, which I had entertained when I was younger, like looking into quote-unquote spirituality. Yeah? The only way that even was presented to me was that the disease of alcoholism had been put to sleep. Yeah? Then I could go on and start entertaining other ideas. And what occurred was, after a few years, it brought me to a meeting, sort of like this, but it was outside, over in the East Bay. And I heard a lady share, I couldn't even hear her, she's very soft-spoken. And it didn't even matter if I heard her or not, because I felt something. Now, I, would, I could say it was the place, but it was my own mind, basically. I felt, I felt something, and it became like an unspoken yes for me. Yeah? It hit me beyond, before all the mental knowing I could ever acquire. This was like a, pro, a, a pre-knowing, yeah? like an unspoken yes. And then I just entertained what I heard, and I started reading different books, you know, not 20 of them, maybe two entertain the novel ideas that they were putting into my head, entertained it, and then I knew when it was enough, all right? Now it's about time. Yes, there was a great statement I heard a teacher say that I really love. It's from from Zen, and Zen Buddhism, and it's like he was explaining what his role at the moment, and his role was, I'm a man standing by the river selling water. Now, if you sort of sit there and go, how could a man sell water by the river? You know, you got the river, you've got a free source of water. Why would you want to buy, you know, water from a guy standing by the water source? You know, supposed to hit you like that. And he started laughing. He says, it's even funnier than that. I'm a man standing in the river selling water. <laughs> that really had a big effect on me. That pretty much ended any pursuit of trying to figure things out. <laughs> because I got what he said. I said, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm totally wet as hell, but I believe I'm dry and I'm looking to get wet. Yeah? You know, the, only, the only way I'm ever going to get anything of wetness is an experience of it, but it's just going to be pasted on the state of being dry. See, there's the, there's the mistake. It isn't that you haven't found the source of water. You've taken the source of water to be something else. 
And that something else has a real noble, great idea to start looking for water. And it may sound great, and it may be very noble, and you may get a lot of mental kudos, and maybe other people will give you kudos, but you're wet already. Yeah? So any pursuit to get wet is going to reaffirm the illusion of being dry. Yeah? And it's not, it's only, it's not personal. Any mind that does it, that's what it's going to configure as. It's going to configure as the thing it's trying to move away from, which is that it's dry, and that's the lie. The lie is that you're dry. Yeah? And when that, imp- when you realize that's a lie, the impulse to get wet may diminish because you are wet. <laughs> like in recovery they say, now you'll be able to enjoy peace of mind. Now you'll be able to enjoy the basic state of wetness instead of enjoying and try to figure out formulas of how to get wet. You'll just enjoy that you're, in, you're innately or inherently wet. Yes? So when the mind immediately, it always wants to refer back to being dry as the fact, as the baseline, you'll see, oh no, no, that's not so. And you'll derail that train of self-will without even getting on the train. You'll just see it as its whole premise is false. You're not dry. Yeah? You're wet as hell. All right, what would happen if that got established? Find out. Maybe the next thing that's, that seems so logical and real will also seem absurd. And after a while, the archetypical foundation of what keeps you in this delusion will just collapse of its own imaginary weight. You'll see it's not so. So the drive to make it something else is making it what it isn't. You're giving it a reality it doesn't deserve. Yeah? And it's producing the reality you're living in or as. The false reality produces the reality you're in now, seemingly. Yeah? So this is like a backdoor way. You, so let's say like today... I like to always use this example. If you were in a coffee shop, any coffee shop in Vancouver or San Francisco, I bet you you would not have heard one conversation talking about the effects of gravity. Yeah? Not one. No one's going to be going, your shoulder's a little down, Sean. You know, gravity's got something that you know, it doesn't like you today. And yes, you know, Nobody would do it. Yet, we're constantly influenced in the physical experience by gravity. Yet, no matter how much you study it, and you even when you're going up the hill, oh, this is what I know is gravity, but it's not like knowing gravity. It's an idea of gravity. But if you went into an anti-gravity chamber, you would now know gravity by its absence. Its effects would not be there, and then you'd recognize it by the absence of its effects. This is exactly what happens. You entertain, I'm not that, whatever that may be, it's just what's being pointed at by the thought system, because the thought system, the inner dialogue, is narrating your day, your life, your past, your future, it's all rooted in the past, and this disinterpretation is taken to be grounded in some truth that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, 
If you try to chop some of that down, the belief that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity is the petri dish that all those mental and emotional jungles are growing from. They're going to just morph and grow again. And you'll have to have an incredible machete, and maybe you'll have a little bit of uh, daylight, and then it'll grow right back again, because the petri dish isn't being seen. The foundation of the story is that you are a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, that you are the doer. You're the doer of the actions that are happening through this. You're the doer of the thought system. You're the doer of the feelings. You're the doer of the seeing, the hearing, the tasting, the touching, the smelling. You're basically the alpha and omega of everything. So you become the center of this mental universe. And you become God in a way. You're telling yourself how you were, how you're going to be, how, how you are, how they were, how they're going to be, how they are, how the world was, how the world should be. If, if it ain't, I don't know how you could define it as anything other than playing God. Yeah? And so it plays God on this premise that you're it. And yet you're not. And that's the relief. Because being that is what is activating all of the other shit. All of the mental obsession with self is all because it's about you. All the incredible drenchedness of time is because you're living from the past all fucking day. Yeah. Your whole day's been interpreted all freaking day. Yeah. So I have, what happened with me, this is, this was my experience with it. I came into recovery and, you know, I hadn't been with, uh, very open talking to people for years. They were talking to them when they were loaded on coke, but they weren't very open and everything. And I finally came into meeting rooms and there'd be 40 people who seemingly had the same problem I had. But part of the problem that we all had, which I wasn't seeing at that point, was terminal uniqueness. So you don't really see that it's a shared problem because you're very fucking special. No one thinks like you. No one feels like you. No one's done the heinous things that you've done. And this is like the, the encasement of a shell called terminal uniqueness, which causes you not to be able to get any help or really basically give any help either. You can pontificate, but it's not going to be helpful because you see yourself as so different from everything else. Yeah. So I was in this condition, and I'm listening to people talk, judging like crazy. My head is. And back then I would think I was doing the judgment, but it was just my head. You know, I wouldn't get high with that person. I wouldn't fucking do So I'm not listening. If I wouldn't get high with you, I wouldn't listen to you at all. <laughs> if I wouldn't get loaded with you, I could care less. I had no faith or trust in anything about you. <laughs> it's insanity, really. So I'm sitting here in this terminal uniqueness, and then people are sharing at these meetings, recovery meetings, and then you're getting cold. No, no, no. They're, taking, they're, share, they're sharing at these meetings, and they're sharing their feelings, you know, their thoughts, and their reactions to life. And, you know, after a month or so, I, ca- I listened quite a lot. I took, and I could only come up with two possibilities. How did these people get my thoughts? You know, I don't even like this dude, but he thinks exactly like I do. How did, how did they get my feelings? And they've done the same freaking thing I've done in the same situations in life. So what happened is, they're not my thoughts, yeah? No one got my thoughts. They're not my thoughts. We're all demonstrations that some of us in this room are demonstrations of a mind taken over by alcoholism 
And this light, this possibility has been used for transportation, for the selfing to express, the alcoholism to express. And so the expression looks very similar through all the millions of different hosts because it's the same parasite that's taken us all over. Yeah? And we're not even individual people. We're just like a million different camera locations and the same chip, the same programming has been put into each one. <laughs> and each one also has a program. There's no one quite like me. <laughs> and yet, you're just a run-of-the-mill junkie alcoholic. <laughs> There's nothing special in you at all. <laughs> you're like a stock version of a mind that's been taken over by a parasitical wind, you know, called alcoholism. So, this was really, this was incredible for me, because I was under the belief that these were my thoughts. <laughs> and I had a lot of guilt about those fucking thoughts, because I was thinking of them. You know, and some of them were seeming bad, and they weren't nice, they weren't loving and compassionate, so therefore I mustn't be loving and compassionate, because I am what? Just the reflections of my thoughts. I'm the thinker of them. These are like my children, as father is son, so to speak, or as son is father. So this is the thing. And the thoughts are going to keep happening. Yeah? Every day you're here, there'll be thoughts happening in the noggin. To be in the relationship with them as yours, or that they're about you, you've already tattooed. You've got, you got the prison numbers on you. You're just doing time, basically, a lot of time. Oh, shit. That was one of the first revelations. Hey, I may not be the thinker. You know, these thoughts aren't about me. They're not mine. What happened? I lost interest in them when they weren't about me, and, and I wasn't the doer of them. And what happened when I lost interest in them? I got relief from the thought system. Therefore, I realized the sense of being the doer was the petri dish of all the disease. Because when that doership got a little weakened and loosened up, I got a huge amount of relief from the things I thought I was doing. Like feeling, thinking. <laughs> so, here you get, in a, you get a, a free sample of, geez, so the bondage isn't, isn't produced or reinforced it's facilitated by the thoughts, but the real bonding is that I'm the thinker. That's the bonding point, yeah? That's what's using every thought that goes by, held as I'm the thinker, to facilitate the bonding of this mind to the idea of being the doer, yeah? To being the haver, to being the thinker, to being the feeler. You don't see it? Every thought will now be used to facilitate and strengthen the idea of being the doer. And if you, let's look at guilt and shame. Where does guilt and shame come from? And where does it rest? On doership. That's the branch it finds a great home for. If you believe you're the doer, there's going to be guilt and shame about what you committed and then omitted. Yeah? Because you believe you omitted and committed. How are you going to get out of that vice-like court system? You're fucking convicted, sentenced, and you're just you're not going to get parole or probation. The thoughts are going to still be held as yours, and they're not always going to be good thoughts. You know what I mean? You may have some lustful thoughts come through your head. You may have some like, this guy's a fucking idiot thought. You know? But if you're holding it as yours, what does it generate? 
tons of raw thoughts and then emotions. I'm a bad person. Yeah? It's like a person who has a dog and the dog is, is unruly and they're embarrassed because it's my dog. I mean, the dog represents them and they're embarrassed because of their dog's behavior. Well, I tell you something, you're really severely fucking crimped up with your thoughts as yours. They're not very far-sighted and benevolent all the time. They're fucking slimy, selfish, driven, lying cheap for a fucking dime. How are you going to get a good shine from that? Yeah? It's not like having perfect kids. Your dog's like one of the ugliest dogs in the world, shits everywhere, bites people. You're going to be fucking about. I can't go anywhere with this dog. Yeah? <laughs> you don't see the correlation? If the thoughts are yours, and they're about you, jeez. That's why one thought can change your whole day. It's not the thought can change your day. It's that it's about you, or you're the thinker of it. That's what changes your day. Yeah? I've seen people having a really great time. I can see it in people's faces here. When they share, your face changes like that. I can just tell the thought system, oops, starting to get a little... You know, like a dog pop its ears. Ready to fucking... Yeah, I know what he's saying. You don't fucking have a clue what you say. I'm saying. See, because the saying isn't in it. It's the energy. It's the certainty that's in it. Because I've been relieved from the bondage of self. Not as a Paul, but from the Paul. Yeah, I can never be relieved as Paul. That's the bondage of self. It doesn't matter if I have gold chains or iron chains. I'm still bonded to the idea of being a something. Yeah, and there's going to be results from that. So if you get relief from, let's say, the, the problem, which is an activity, a mental process, not mine. Mental is different. Mental is like mind moving through a brain, yeah? And the brain itself is facilitates a distortion of mind into a lot of mentation, yeah? Now it's living a conceptual way, like a rigid, geometrically right-angle way, not circular. It's stuck in this thing called time, unbelievable. It's only like the Course of Miracles says, you're only seeing the past. That's all we see from is the past. And the past isn't so, so you're basically seeing nothing all day. <laughs> and your mind just makes it something. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get back to the nuts and bolts of it. There's something called selfing. It's a mental process. Yeah, That mental process, its first movement is the claim. That's what it does. So when it shows up, which takes time for it to show up, there's conscious contact. That's, the, that's called the engagement of consciousness with this place. Yeah. So there's conscious contact. And also, for me, there's an awareness that can be aware of the conscious contact. I would say that's what we are, vaguely. Yeah? And then after the conscious contact the mental process kicks up and tells a story about the conscious contact and it says there's a you that's in conscious contact. Actually, you're the one who's conscious. You're, you're seeing and you're hearing and you're feeling, Paul. And this is an idea of Paul. 
It's like a mental-physical hybrid. There's a, a mental idea of Paul in seemingly a physical body. It may not like the body, but it's identified as the body. And there it goes. And so now, the whole thought system, from then on, is referring or insinuating or implying that you are that. Yeah? Now, it's sort of like a finger pointing at the moon, but there is no moon. The mind sees the pointing, and then the mind makes the leap and takes itself to be the moon. But there is no moon. Yeah? This is what happens. So, when that occurs, usually your day starts after this has already been in place. You're now taking yourself as this. Yeah? So, you're, you wake up... <laughs> you wake up on the game board of life, like say square four. You totally have forgotten the first three squares. Yeah. <laughs> and so now, and if you look at a game board, you can misconstrue the purpose of the game if you saw it from square four and you thought that was the beginning. You would. You may get a whole different idea of what the meaning of this whole game is. Yeah. And it'd be really nice if you could get the meaning from square zero. But you're never going to get get it from square zero if you take yourself to be square four. It's realizing you're not square four. What's going to dawn on you? You're square zero. If it happens on the thirty fourth square, if it breaks open and you realize something, you realize you're on square zero. If it's the fifty fifth square, still, every time you wake up, you'll be back at square zero. Then you realize you've never left square zero. Every other square can only appear to be so. There's only one real square, which is square zero. And you are embedded there. You are that. Everything else is just seemingly so, but that is what's so. But what's occurring is we're giving the meaning to seemingly as being real, and if we're doing that, this has to be unreal. We have to keep making square zero unreal. And the weirdest way we make it unreal is by searching fucking for it. <laughs> That's what a lot of people don't find out. You're making it unreal by searching for it. Because you're searching for it from square four. If you just see, hey, I'm not on square four, you have a Zen bitch slap, you'll wake up at square zero, and you'll realize there's only square zero. Now, the mind will keep appearing to be on different squares, but you'll have the inside secret, or the open secret, or the gateless gate. Things will have dawned on you. Yeah? So while you're on square seven, there's the recognition of square zero. Square 43, square zero. If the game gets extended and is square 853, square zero is still the baseline now. Yeah? So you've given up the search for square zero because you are square zero. Yeah? There can only be a search for square zero if you've taken yourself to be something else. If you're that, why would you search for it? It would be more an expression, not a search, yeah? And then you would see all the different expressions of the same, same mind. Yeah? And I have total faith that you can't lose in this game. You know, it's not like you've missed the boat, because if it ever dawns on you, you realize there's no time, so there was no missing any boat. Yeah? There's, there's no patience, there's no longing. None of that has any relevance in timelessness. Yeah? So it's an idea, simple message, very simple, very simple invitation, but it can be repeated. Repetition can be helpful.
because repetition is used by the mentality to keep impressing the idea of that you're something you're not. Huge amount of repetition. So in a way, we use the poison as an antidote. Yeah. So we hold a few meetings a week for years now, so that if you need a reminder, you drop in. We're never talking about any other topic. It's not like oh, it's rose season now. No, it's just it's always an introductory offer because you're going to get nothing. <laughs> you can't return nothing, <laughs> and we can't sell you a product because you are the product. That's all the message does is it points that you may be what you're looking for. Yeah, and if just so happened it dawns in you that's the case. I would imagine you'll have a lot of interesting moments from then on. Yeah, you'll be in a position of finding out. You'll give up the uh, the holy grail of knowing. Yeah, you'll see the true security is in I don't know, because that puts you in a position of finding out. And if in your recovery, then the idea of having a higher power of your own understanding may change into I want to have a higher power of its own understanding. It's much more revelatory. If I let God be God and let him download what he is instead of having to live through the frame I put him in or her or whatever. It, yeah, it's just the name, but the energy. So it's much, uh, and it's much more economical. Knowing you become a storage unit, yeah? You may know a lot of stuff, but it's usually not going to come up and be helpful when you really need it. It's just sort of actually you become a storage unit. You get heavied out by all the knowledge you have. In finding out, it's very economical. You're very pared down. Yeah, you're not carrying around much like wealth of ages or anything like that. You're just open and empty. Therefore, stuff can download very quickly. Yeah. So you're usually if you don't know what. If you don't know what's going on, then you're in the position of finding out what's going on every moment. Yeah? And things will be revealed. Yeah? Yeah. And if they're not, they're not meant to be revealed in this, in this sense. So, there you go. So, I, sometimes I like the mind candy of going into esoteric stuff, but I, I, I'd rather just bring it back to dog shit awareness. Yeah? Just like... How is it? How is it translating at like eight o'clock Wednesday, San Francisco? See how it's going there, you know? Because I talk to some people, and they say, "Oh yes, I know time is a construct of the of the human mind." Yeah, you know it, but do you know? Are you relieved of its influence? There's a difference between knowing it as a conceptual idea or knowing it from getting relief from it. Yeah, when you know it from getting relief from it. That's knowledge to me. Really. Yeah, you see? When you know something by getting relief from it, that's knowledge. When you know something, it's like being a professor of holes, but you keep falling in holes. What's the point of that knowledge? Yeah. But this kind of knowledge is you know something by, being, by getting relief from it. You get a real clear idea of what it is when it isn't. <laughs> you don't get a clear idea of what it seems to be. You don't. You're not going to get a clear idea of what's happening. You really won't if it seems to be happening. When people call me and it really seems like it's happening to them, I don't talk to them like this. I say, go out, go to a meeting, help someone else. Yeah, take a walk, maybe get three, you know, 
die hard one, two, and three. You've got to pass a lot of time away. Just keep yourself occupied because knowledge isn't helping you. Yeah? If I tell you you're not that, you'll use this. You're not, you're not, you're, you're in the seemingly so, so you need to take another form of action, like an action. Yeah? Like get out of yourself. Go help somebody. Yes? But if you see it as only seemingly so, there's the relief. People who are in the relief aren't calling me up to talk about the relief. They're enjoying the relief. Yeah? They're enjoying it. Just like when you're in acceptance, you're never going to talk about acceptance because you're in acceptance. It's not a topic. It's usually brought out when you're not in acceptance, or seemingly not. Yeah? <laughs> when you're in acceptance, like if the temperature in the room is just fine, you're not really paying attention to the temperature. You can get on with other things, yeah? That's what this is like. Yeah? You can get on with other things. Like if I go to the beach, I can get on with surfing. I don't go in the water with tons of other things going on. <laughs> I go right in the water and I get a full spectrum experience of surfing because I'm there. <laughs> because why? I couldn't be anywhere else. <laughs> and then when I walk out of it, I can't grab it. I can't drag the experience out with me to the beach. I can't try to linger over it and try to, you know, like suck it like an olive pit, it's done. Just um, just another, just no massaging with memory, it's just done. Yeah? And then you're on the shore and the other things are going on. Yeah, You can't take anything with you. That's the richest person of all. You can't make anything out of it. Yeah. I mean, people talk to me about, I go on these tours to talk, and now they don't ask me anymore what, how it was, because I say it's over, basically. But I can't mind anything out of the talk. None. When I leave here, nothing. Nothing. It's not accumulating like a vast amount of quality over all the thousands of talks that have occurred. No, none. Nothing. Zip. Z- zero with no one in front of it or behind it. Zero every time. In the first, in the beginning, I could get something out of it. Now, there's no getting anything out of it. No. <laughs> and that's the richest you can be. It's so funny, man. People talk about, we, I go, with, go to a recovery meeting and they're talking about paradoxes, you know. The mysteries of, how, does, how are things, how could this have happened? But they're, they're framing what actually, how things actually work from a failed system of thought. So to, to keep the integrity of the failed system of the thought, it has to be seen as a paradox, something that actually works. <laughs> if a failed system would look at something that works, it would have, oh, that's a mystery to <laughs> the failed system. It's not a mystery. That's how it works. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how it really works, or generally called the way. That's the way, not your way. <laughs> the way, yes. Oh, it's very paradoxical. No, you're fucking insane, you're thinking. That's why it seems paradoxical. If you weren't relying on this failed system, you would see it. That's how the universe works. Yeah? You're in a movement of duality, so sometimes in the expression, deep suffering leads to an incredible relief. Yeah? Like an alcoholic life, does, goes, lives on so many bottoms, and then there's like the phoenix rises from the thing. That's not a fucking mystery. That's how it works here. This mind is a dualistic expression. 
So you can't have the bad without the good, and you can't have the good without the bad. Yeah, out of the bad, the good comes forth, and out of the good, sometimes the bad comes forth. That's what it does. Yeah, but it's like, oh, I did everything I was supposed to do. I did went to school, and it's not working for me. It's fucking. I don't understand. Well. You're locked in to, you're relying on something that tells you these are the symbols that if you get them, they'll translate to being happy and at, and at peace, but they're not translating. Yet you keep thinking, well, it's a different symbol or more symbols. You don't see. It's like totally goes over our head. Hey, this is a bogus formula. No, it's, I just got to tinker with it. The girl's got to be 6'1 instead of 5'10. But somehow or another, the formula's going to work. It's like this insane mathematical uh, system with the primary number one, you. And we can't make sense of why it isn't working out. Because try a primary number zero and see how it goes. Maybe things will make a lot more sense when it's seen from (laughs) zero. But one, it's like, why is this happening to me? There can't be a God that children are dying. What the fuck are you talking about? That's a God of your own understanding. God's not letting people die or anything. He's not fucking doing anything like that. This is what's happening. Yeah? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So This is very simple. Very, very simple. Entertain it or don't. You know, because your mind's already gotten served with the spiritual subpoena. And if it's interested in this, it will not let it go. Yeah, and then things will stop blossoming, and then you get the scent of what's blossoming, and you'll say, hey, this is good. And like Jesus says, you know, a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You'll judge or know the tree by the fruit. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, how many times in your life did, did you really want to be where you were, and it didn't seem capable? You didn't seem capable. Yeah? If it could have been just a chore that you were totally into, it would have been like the highest peak experience of your life. But you've always seemed to have been missing in your affairs. Yeah, Something's checked out or not here. Can you imagine if that was abolished, that fucking falsehood, that storyline was just totally erased, that you were totally in your life, you've never not been totally in your life. Even when you're sitting there with a total conviction, you're out of it, you're in your life. Can you imagine if that would dawn on you? Instead of then, you would, it would be like, you would actually be mining things. Your interest and attention would be enriching your day. Instead of your interest and attention just blotting out the day, being interested in attending to thoughts about there and then. Or what's not happening. Can you imagine living your whole life based on the premise that the biggest influence on your life is actually not happening? <laughs> your past and your future, the past and future, the biggest, the biggest influence in your life is not happening. That's mind-boggling to me. You don't see that as a giant heist, like a rip-off? Yeah. We have a step in recovery. It's called the fifth step, where you share with someone your inventory about resentments and fears and harming other people and stuff. And what happened with me after I did that, I felt a new zest for life because there was more of what I really was available in my life. What I've been missing is me, not the you, 
uh, take myself people what I am. That's, that's what I was missing in my whole fucking life. I wasn't showing up. I had a story about me. That's what was showing up. But I wasn't showing up to this life since I was a young kid. Since something happened that shut me down, I had never come back out ever since. Yeah? And I, was, and I thought it was someone else I needed or this or that. What I needed was me to be in my own life, to show up. Yeah, my interest and attention to be free from this fucking slavery and be here. And then things that I had, I found no satisfaction, I'm totally satisfied about. You know? You know what I mean? I'm totally satisfied if nothing actually happens much today. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. So, you're in for a really interesting experience. And then you'll give that up and you'll be in a very interesting state. That's it for tonight, eh? Do you have any questions? No. Do you? <laughs> well, but they're all like, yeah, kind of yes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> just let it in, you know. Your mind will think about stuff, but it just wants to make it something. Yeah, if you can just entertain the possibility. Maybe start with that. I know you've looked into a lot of things, but maybe go back to the idea that not talking about being the doer, but just let's say one topic thinker, that you're not the thinker of the thoughts. That maybe, if you weren't the thinker, if you weren't the doing of the thoughts, then you, but you have a role with the thoughts, I would say you're the seeing of the thoughts, really, yeah? You're seeing the thoughts, hearing them, but that's a form of seeing. So that's the role we really have. The mental story is that we're the doer of the thoughts. I wouldn't say, I don't believe that's the case. I believe you're the seeing of the thoughts. Yeah? And that seeing doesn't just arise when the thoughts come up. The seeing is always there. Yeah? So, you're like the hearing of, what, of, a, of a note, but you're not, you'll never hear what's, he, what's hearing, you know? You're never going to see what's seeing. You're never going to feel what's actually feeling. Like this great teacher said, what, what's conceiving cannot be conceived of. You know, so the mind that's conceiving all these ideas and thoughts cannot be conceived of. Yeah. It's a whole nother ball game what we are. Or that's like Zen they call it the original face, which isn't a face at all, you know. In AA we call talk about it as a pause. But a pause is actually you. You are that pause. You're more the pause than you are the thoughts of the one who thinks they had the pause. You are the pause. That's, that empty space of awareness, I say, is what we are. Yeah. It's empty, so it allows anything and everything to appear in it. But what is it appearing in it doesn't affect it. Yeah. I would say we're that. Then the pause gets overridden by the mental process of selfing, which it wasn't when you were a kid, when you were a baby, but now it seems to be overwhelmed by it. And then, when you get glimpses of your original face, you make it an experience that your false face has had, you know? When you have an epiphany, you seem to have the epiphany, like you were something that had something, when you're not something, yeah. And so then you start seeing the movement of mind based on claiming, and then you see how it facilitates whatever it, it's ever, whatever it's claimed. It facilitates that it facilitates its urge to be bonded to this idea of being a someone. 
through the thinking, through the feeling, yeah, through the doing. So it uses all of these things that it's, it becomes conscious of through conscious contact, or it's, it become it cognizes it, the mental process cognizes the seeing, and now it says, I'm the seer, so it co-ops the seeing, and it uses the seeing to reinforce, hey, I'm this because you're that. I'm not you, so I'm this, and all like this. And it here and uses the thoughts to bond itself to this idea. It uses the feelings. It's not the feelings and the thoughts, but it facilitates the bonding. Yeah, it's the mind, the mental process facilitating the bonding of mind to this fucking crazy idea of being a someone. Yeah. So you recognize it once you start seeing it. One of the times you see it, the emphasis will not be on what you've seen. It won't be on who saw it. It'll be on the seeing of it. And I would say that's the glimpse of a, your original face. Is the seeing of it, yeah. Like, I have like intimations of all this. But it seems like in the background, in my mind, instead of, like, it just becomes stronger in a way. It's really strange. So, like the mental, like, realm, like yeah. it's become, it's like hanging on to... Sure. All that stuff more and more. And the more I get into this stuff, it's... Well, it seems to be. It seems to be. Yes. Like, that's all, like, it just seems stronger now. And so, like, when you're talking... Yeah. I have an intimation of exactly what you're saying, but my mind is just, like, checked out, like... Yeah, yeah. Like, like... But, it's the, but you're not checked out. It's still got through, I mean. Like, see? and it just keeps emphasizing, like, no, no, that's not how it is. Yeah, like, see? Like, like the, you know, it's... Yeah. Like in my mind, I'm like, no, I my thoughts are my own, and time does exist. I'm just like, I'm trying. So it, it, like, there's this conflict because you know, on one side of me, I'm trying to figure this, you know, whatever. Yeah. But then the other side, like, it's fighting even stronger. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's really. That's a good just, sign. It, just trying. Yeah. That's a good sign. I don't know. Oh, it is. <laughs> I'm telling you, comfortably numb is much more deadening than a little, you know. Friskiness, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. It doesn't see if, if if it doesn't have a thread, it's not going to get agitated. It has you, so you know what I mean. It's it's safe in its occupation in a way. When it hears something like this, for some people, it's very unnerving to the system that they that, that that seems to dominate them. That's a good sign. Yeah, shake the fucking thing up. Because you'll see it, you'll see the you'll see the whole beast from head to sh- head to foot one day, head to toe, tail, toe, oh, no, head to what? Yeah. yeah, head to tail. You'll see it, yeah, and then that will never be erased. Yeah. All the yapping by the mind saying this isn't so. You'll see through it. You'll see that it can be highest level it can reach is seemingly. It can only appear to be. It cannot be so. Yeah, it cannot override what's so. No matter how much it appears, no matter how often it appears, it still cannot override what's so. And just rest there, you know. Like a lot of people think they get it, and then they think they lose it. You're not the one who thought they got it, and you're not the one who thought they loses it. All of the getting and losing is pivoted on the one. You're not that. So this is way this with this you don't have it so you can't lose it yeah it's beautiful it's very economical it has a way of undermining 
all the all the modalities of the selfie. It just cuts it really off. Like the idea of trying to get into something you can't be out of. Yeah, that's an amazing real revelation when you realize I'm trying to get into a moment that I can't be out of. How fucking insane is that? <laughs> to me, I think that does that's worth like twenty thousand pages of scriptures to me. The recognition. My head is trying to get into something you can't be out of. That's how I think I'm out of it. <laughs> because it's trying to get in it. <laughs> Demo, I just got the logic of how it actually works. Not how I think it works, but actually how it works. Yeah? It has you by moving away from it. Yeah. Well, come back again. Yeah? Well, get me up to Vancouver. I should go up there. <laughs> I like to go back to Bowen Island. It's nice. All right. Today, no other questions. We only get one a night. So <laughs> today, no other questions. We only get one a night. <laughs> <laughs>